Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Daily Sports Talk Show. No one has now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuana is now your favorite daily sports talk show each and every weekday right here on 102.9 FM ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching in around the great state of Montana, SWX Montana TV. Or maybe you're watching in on YouTube. Apologies, yesterday we had a little YouTube issue at the beginning of the show, but made me feel good because I had a, pup, a couple people texting me that it wasn't working, which means you're watching. And that's what we want. We want you to be on that YouTube. We're doing a big YouTube push right now. So go subscribe to Nuanez now on YouTube because for this fall, our big giveaway that's coming up, which I'm going to announce on Friday, you will not be eligible for the giveaway unless you're subscribed to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our podcast. So go get those two things in your life. Make them part of your habits. I'm Coulter Nuanez, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana. They're located at the corner of... Um, Stevens and Mount. You can also find them online at nwmsrocks.com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Want to listen to this show, stream this show, consume it on your cell phone, your tablet, your laptop, your desktop, whatever. Head on over to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, you'll find the stream. You want to be a part of this show? 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Here's what we're going to do. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's a Wing It Wednesday. So 445 every Wednesday, I will be giving fantasy football advice, asking fantasy football advice, having a fantasy football conversation. Who you should play, who are some standouts, who you should avoid, what injuries might be impactful. But I want to start getting the the tech, the text and the calls earlier so send me your fantasy football stuff all the way up until 445 because usually we start it then and we get them pouring into the second hour that's cool i love interacting with you guys but text me right now 888-1029 what questions do you have for fantasy football this week 
any and all engagements, whether it's a phone call or a text, get you signed up for a chance to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, one of our most long-standing and loyal partners. Love the Despo, best wings in the city of Missoula, and we love giving them away each and every Wednesday. So be sure to send in your fantasy football inquiries, and then once we get all you entered, we'll give you some just towards the end of the first hour, right near the top of the second hour. Time to get to today. My good buddy Sean Rainey, he's really, really busy right now. He was the normal Wednesday co-host of this show. He's still going to give us the lead segment of Wednesday's shows. We're just recording them now on Tuesday nights. Sean's got a new day off. It's Wednesdays. I don't want to make him come work for me or work with me uh, when he's not already on the docket. So, sports director of SWX Montana Television, Sean and I, will we will record each Tuesday night and play that here for you Wednesday. We're also going to hear from Alex Eshelman, the Montana State Minute. She's doing a great job covering the Bobcats over there in Bozeman. She's got good feedback and good insight after MSU went on the road and posted a 30-17 to victory at Portland State last week. Bobcats host Northern Colorado this week, so we get some uh, preview of that as well. About 4.45, we will be giving away those wings of the Desperado. 5 o'clock, excited about this. Ed McCaffrey, longtime NFL receiver, most prominently for the Denver Broncos, won two Super Bowls with the Broncos, uh, catching touchdowns from John Elway, pretty cool. Well, he's now the head coach of Northern Colorado. They're making their way to Montana. Ed McCaffrey's first trip to Montana as a college head football coach. So an interesting dynamic. It's family weekend in Bozeman, and McCaffrey's bringing a lot of his family because his older son is the offensive coordinator at Northern Colorado. His One of his younger sons, he got four boys, one of his younger sons, Dylan, is the quarterback for Northern Colorado. So there's a lot of McCaffrey's there at UNC. Can they get it turned around at Northern Colorado? We'll see. Then about 5.30, this is cool. Appreciate Montana Sports Information, as well as our producer, Andrew Houghton, for really working on this. Uh, we're going to hit the Grizz practice for Grizz Star of the Week. So we'll get Levi Janicaro on the phone, a little post-practice interview. Janicaro, a Missoula Big Sky product who blocked a punt and scored a touchdown on the same play last week. Biggest play of his young Grizz career, but very cool for a guy that uh, stepped up and uh, made the team in Montana and now making a big impact on the team at Montana. So Levi Janicaro will join us for our Grizz Star of the Week about 530. And uh, everywhere in between, if we can get to it, we're going to fill you in with some high school football scores from last year and some previews for this year as well. Well, we've sort of adjusted the routine. This is more like a uh, Tuesday evening wind down now, rather than a, a Wednesday afternoon showtime performance. But Nuana's now Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director. He's kind enough to keep giving us some of his time, and I love getting Sean's perspective on a wide variety of things because we see sports a lot the same, and uh, I think that we both have an understanding of what you guys want to hear about too. So, Rain Man, before we get to any of the stuff within the state of Montana, <laughs> first of all, I was teasing you on Monday that your Twitter on NFL Sundays is must-watch, not only for the gambling advice, which is great and uh, applicable, and I would certainly suggest people to go check it out, but also the uh, occasional, if not uh, a lot of times, meltdowns. Pretty funny. You are the one person that convinced me of the notion that the curses of sports franchises is actually real. I don't think it's an actual curse, but I do think there's like these identities, these trends. It can't be a coincidence that the Vikings have cut more kickers in the season than I believe every team in the NFL combined over the last 20 years. It's not a coincidence the Vikings can't make field goals at the buzzer, even though it's been going on for 25 years. It's just like your Chargers have never been able to close out games. But I never thought I was going to see Patrick Mahomes lose a game when it comes down to the final couple of possessions. The Chargers win, so you must have been thrilled on Sunday despite the uh, pre-win meltdown. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> people that are close to me really enjoy when my teams lose. Because um, you're passionate. Because, guy. you know, and I get a little fired up, and sometimes, you know, we ride the wave of emotions, and it, that pours out on Twitter. Because I'm watching the game a lot of times, and I have, like, my family there, and to avoid me cursing in front of my little kids, I just vent on Twitter sometimes, you know? So that's how that goes. But, yeah, hey, our, our, the Chargers <laughs> are right there with your Vikings as far as kickers oh, go. Like, we... It's true. The, the Chargers cut, like... Young Way Koo, he goes on and makes a Pro Bowl with the Falcons. Yep. We cut Josh Lambeau. He's a great kicker now for the Jags. And we just continue to just roll through kickers because we just don't trust them. And then they miss one kick and they're gone. But, yeah, no, that was a good weekend for our, our squads, you know, hanging in there. Um, I don't think either of our teams really have 
any defense to really show for anything, but the offenses are looking good, so that's kind of fun. Herbert is just so much fun to watch. I was, so I was talking about this, and you'll 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 uh, appreciate this. So as a Chargers fan, obviously I loved Philip Rivers. I loved his gamesmanship and how fiery he was. But to go from probably like the least aesthetically pleasing thrower of the football no question to Justin Herbert is like amazing because like Philip like it was just so ugly and Herbert his ball is like the most beautiful thing ever this is why I can't believe that anybody was trying to knock him during the draft process an alien comes to earth and you describe football to him and you say draw the quarterback how does he play like that it's perfect like it's like teach tape he's beautiful to watch it's unbelievable yeah I mean his ball and like he's And he's so big, and his like hands are big, so like the ball just like looks small, and he just like he just fires it, man. But smooth, not yeah. clunky. Yeah. He has all of it. I, I just, I still can't believe that he's not already an even bigger star than he is right now. He's a rising star for sure. But like, dude, give me him all day over seriously everybody, man. I don't really think there's uh, Mahomes, maybe Lamar, but it's definitely a toss up. Josh Allen and, and Justin Herbert are alone to me oh, would, as the top assets in the NFL. Oh, I'd take Herbert over Lamar any day of the week. There you go. I, mean, I don't think I – but that's just because I, I'd rather have a quarterback that can shred a defense with his arm over with his legs. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's – we have not really seen a, a quarterback do this um, this young. Like, I mean, he set a whole bunch of rookie records last year. You're watching all the rookies in the NFL struggle this year, and – what he's been able to do so far in his first, you know, 16 to 18 games or whatever it is, it's pretty impressive. And to go in there into Kansas City, I know that, like, Kansas City has some fluky turnovers, things like that. But, I mean, Herbert got the job done, and, and he's going to be fun to watch for a long time. I've always reminded people of this, that Justin Herbert was an academic All-American. He's one of the top student athletes in the country I believe he was even a finalist for, I can't remember what it's called now, the the trophy that goes to the top student-athlete in college football, right? Um, Tease for later on this week. Sorry, this has been a little bit of a slow unveil. Uh, It turns out you have to have your podcasts. It takes a long time for a new podcast to get approved. I wanted to have a new channel for the Grizz Greats podcast, the new one, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champions. So I've recorded like five or six of these, but only now is just the first one, John Edwards, live. So they'll keep rolling out. But the next one later this week, Vince Hunsberger, great safety uh, from Libby, Montana, but he was a pre-med guy at Montana. Now he's a doctor in Sandpoint. So interviewing him. Just ridiculous, like, the recollection and the cognition that guys with that sort of brain have. Justin Herbert's wired like that. His brother, Mitch, who played at Montana State, is wired like that. There's been guys for the Grizz that have been like that, too. Lauren Utterback comes to mind. He became a pharmacist. I think Danny Burton, that's currently on the Grizz, is, is going on that track as well. But that's the other reason why, despite the physical talents of Justin Herbert... I knew he was going to be good because he's so smart. Like, he's going to be able to learn. This guy's studying pre-med. He knows how to study like a playbook. You know what I mean? It's a lot different than guys that are, you know, I'm going to not say schools, but going to places to study football, right? Yeah, I mean, so you you, you take the smarts. You take the, you know, 6'6". He can run better than people think. Way better. Yeah, and he's, you know, got a rocket arm, and they've got weapons. And and now they, now they have as a coach that actually, like, they want to lose. If they're going to lose, they want to lose with the ball in Herbert's hands. Like, they don't want to kick it. They don't want to punt. They're going to give him the opportunity. So, um, it's going to be very interesting to see, especially in that division. I mean, the, the Raiders are out to a great start. The Broncos are undefeated. Herbert looks great, and the Chargers are, are looking good. So, it's going to be fascinating to see how that AFC West plays out. Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas. Coming to you with Sean Rainey. Recording this on a Tuesday night. You're listening to it on a Wednesday afternoon. Part of our All Football All the Time. We're talking all sorts of NFL and college football angles. All Football All the Time presented in part by Sportsbet Montana. Sportsbet Montana has kiosks in most of your favorite establishments. You can go bet either via the app or via the kiosk. They have all sorts of fun bets. Keep you engaged in the games. Try to win some parlays. Maybe make some big money on a Sunday 
Uh, Rain Man, I know you're super into the gambling. Is there any team that's been treating you bad or treating you good so far this year? My brother, after Sunday's results, he called me. He's so mad. He's like, I hate the Vikings because he already hated them anyways, but he's been using, the, he's been betting against the Vikings one way or the other all year. He's 0 th- 3 with Vikings in his bets. Is there anybody like that for you or anybody good either? No, I like them. I, I, I kind of. Use the an alternate line with the Vikings on sports bet because you can't do like a teaser per se, but you can right. do the the alternate line. So I moved the Vikings up to eight, and then you know took like the the Bills down and kind of used that. Um, we kind of been riding the teasers, you know, quite a bit. Those are kind of fun, and then um, doing a lot of like kind of player props, basically just like yeah. those are fun. And and I always I say this about when you're when you're betting. Um, I think it's important to like. Stick with what you know. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like, they just want to bet every single game or whatever. And, like, oh, it's a primetime game, so I'm going to bet this one. But you might, like, have never watched those teams or don't have an understanding, especially, like, if you're getting into, like, prop bets or stuff. Um, so I think if you if you stick within, even, like, within your own conference, like, if your favorite, like, you're, you're a Vikings fan, so if you might know the NFC North a little bit better. Sure. So just kind of stay in that lane, you no know? And, and sometimes, you know, trying to bet everything and win at everything rather than, like, being super specific. Like, because I, I know the Chargers really, really well. And I know, especially early on in the season, that, like, Coach Daly, they don't care about giving up yards on the ground. Like, they just don't want to give up the explosive play. And they will allow a running back to just do whatever they want. So every single week, I've just been betting on the opposing running back against the Chargers to go over his rushing yard prop, and it's three for three so far. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because, but that's just something you only know if you like follow the team, you know, really well. Yeah. So like, just things like that. I would say just, you know, whatever you know and uh, feel, just stay in your in your comfort level instead of trying to like bet on everything just to do it. Good advice. I got out over my skis last year trying to bet every game and putting together these six and eight team parlays, and it's just dumb. You, you, like Sean's saying, just be steady and be disciplined, but it is fun. It's fun getting into it, and uh, particularly when you're watching games live at the places. Like I was at Katie O'Keefe's for a little while last night watching the Monday night game, and uh, it's just fun to go over there and, you know, like I put five bucks on Dak Prescott over under like 310 yards passing. Okay, cool. Made five bucks. Super fun. So go check out Sportsbet Montana. Uh, you can download the app or look for the kiosks in most of your favorite establishments. All right, let's talk about the showdown. First and foremost, I think it's funny because uh, in both of our roles, we give a lot of coverage and a lot of commentary to uh, both the Division One football programs in the state of Montana, and it's been pretty good so far for both of them. I think that you know, even when Montana had the win over Washington, Montana State played pretty well against Wyoming. There hasn't been really anything. Even though the Grizz have been building, they have so much momentum. There hasn't been this one thing that swung all the attention to one side of the rivalry or the other until this week. Grizz at Eastern Washington, Montana State's hosting Northern Colorado. It's it's all Grizz all the time in terms of what everybody's talking about, but also just the buzz of the state. I think that it's the least interesting game in the Big Sky is in Bozeman, and the most inter- interesting game in the country is on ESPN two in Cheney. So, um, your 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 early thoughts on a Tuesday on this matchup? Well, the reason why this one is is so fun is just because of the, you know, the contradicting styles. And you look at the numbers for Eastern's offense and the numbers for Montana's defense, and they're so staggering each direction. And so you just are curious on how is it going to go? Like, who's going to be able to kind of dictate the the tempo and, and, you know, be able to dominate whatever side that they're used to dominating on? And also, you know, when you're looking at Eastern Washington's schedule and who they, they have played – not a whole lot of good teams, you know, on that schedule. And, and you go back to the spring. I mean, they didn't look like world beaters in the spring, um, Eastern. And so I, I think we might be propping them up a little bit too much. based on Not me. Based on who they have played. And they're putting up these, these you know, crazy numbers and stuff. But, I mean, you know, against who? You know, so that's kind of an... an but But also, like... Montana and defensively, I mean, they haven't played really anybody either. Totally. Because like, Washington's not known for their offense and, totally. and their style of offense. So Mont- Montana hasn't faced an offense like this. They haven't faced um, this good of a quarterback. They haven't faced this good of weapons. They haven't faced this style of, of offense yet. And so there's just a lot of unknowns heading into it. And I think that's what's always fun as, 
you know, for fans, for us that cover, is there's unknowns and then the whole phrase, something's got to give, right? Sure. It's always fun when you have matchups where it's something has got to give. And that's what we have on Saturday. And so it's going to be just super, super fascinating to see how that all plays out. And when, when I uh, talked to Coach Halk um, for the taping of the Grizzly Sports Report, he was kind of fascinated by that too because there's so many times like you can go into a game and you're thinking it's going to be, you know, both teams in the 40s and it ends up being a, a low-scoring game or, or vice versa. You just don't really know exactly what kind of style and how the game is going to go. And sometimes it's just early on, something happens that kind of like dictates it. You know what I mean? And um, so like those first, the first few drives for either team, I think are going to be very, very fascinating to see how it sets the table for the rest of the game. Monday's press conference, we caught up with Malik Flowers, Robbie Houck, and Bobby Houck. Interesting to hear Sean say what he just said, because that's almost identical to what Robbie Houck said at the press conference. Uh, it's a great challenge. Um, they're going to put us in situations where we got to cover and where we got to tackle. And, uh, be- just a couple thoughts on the matchup. Got to make plays. That's what it's all about in this Eastern Washington Montana matchup in Cheney, Washington on Saturday night. This is part of All Football All the Time, presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's has got their summer clearance sale going on. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. Go check out Brett's RV and Marine, locally owned and operated for more than 50 years. They're located at 4800 Grant Creek Road. Come see why they are the premier RV dealer in the state of Montana. Well, I just had this uh, realization that Eric Berrier is the best quarterback in the state of Washington, and that's crazy to think about in, in terms of college quarterbacks. And I'm actually shocked now that I think about that, that Washington didn't just go try to get him to grad transfer to UW because he's a sixth-year senior, and the kid that UW's got to redshirt freshman, and Jacob Sermon already transferred out of the UW program. So if you know, unless you thought Dylan Morris was going to leave, I don't know why you wouldn't go get Berrier because he's way better than Dylan Morris, right? I mean, from what we saw. Sure, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I don't know. Maybe he just, like, said that he was going to stay there and didn't really kind of open himself up to that. Sure. So, so it just never became a thing. But well, Maybe he knew this, the offense was going to hum along like this because his numbers are absurd. He's thrown for 424 yards a game. He's got 16 touchdowns, two picks. Quarterback rating of 195, which by collegiate standards is nearly perfect. Uh, so he's outstanding. He's definitely the front runner for the Walter Payton Award right now. And crazy that probably Patrick O'Connell is the front runner for the Buck Buchanan Award right now. So we have, within the game, two of the best individual talents, individual performers so far uh, this year. Um, but let's analyze this subjectively for a second. Eastern Washington took on UNLV, which I think is a squad that is a middle-of-the-pack Big Sky team at best. I think that's how down they are. I, I don't really think that UNLV is going to manhandle UC Davis or Sac State or Weber State or Montana State. I think all those teams beat UNLV. They take a good effort, like an overtime effort or whatever, but I I think that all those teams beat UNLV for sure uh, in the Big Sky Conference. I think that uh, Eastern played Western Illinois. They had 55 points in the first half, and they gave up 56 overall, and they only won that game by six points. That's one thing that gives me pause about Eastern just in general. Um, And that Western Illinois team, as we saw in Missoula, they're okay. They're pretty okay, but it's not that great of a win. And then you have Eastern Washington – uh, destroying a Central Washington team that we saw in the spring, not very gear, not very good, and uh, Southern Utah, one of if not the worst team in the Big Sky Conference. That said, though Montana, okay, Washington's probably a middle of the road Pac-12, maybe maybe upper tier, but definitely not the Pac-12 favorite. Washington, by the way, did score 56 last week, so they do have some prowess on offense. Uh, and then you have that same Western Illinois team and a, a Cal Poly team that's probably bottom part of the league too. So. You could actually argue both of these teams haven't really been tested yet, right? I mean, of course, the number 20 team in the FBS is a test, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and test as in, like, stylistically haven't sure. been tested. Like like I said, Montana hasn't faced this kind of offense. So to me, it's, it's all about which team is able to play like they want to. Yes, who dictates the, the style of the game. Exactly. Like, is Eastern going to be up-tempo, throwing deep, big – explosive plays left and right or is Montana going to be able to keep blitzing pin their ears back 
I mean, their defense has, has kept every single offense that they've played. The offense has been on their heels and just trying to survive. And so do they get to, like, continue to blitz and be the aggressor and fly downhill, get a whole bunch of tackles for loss, and eliminate the big explosive plays and tackle really well in space? Or will Eastern be able to kind of get Montana out of its aggressiveness and make them not be able to blitz because Barry is able to get the ball out of his hands, go down the field. You can't, you know, go with the one-on-one matchups because you're, you're getting burned and beat on the outside. So you, you, you can't bring, you know, two, three, four guys on, on blitzes and stuff. So that to me is, is on that side of the ball going to be the most interesting thing. Um, just as far as, you know, can Eastern make Montana's defense not do what it wants to do? It's an interesting point. Another point that I think it has to be worth uh, making, too, though, is that I thought last week, and this is about the other side of the ball, which I actually think is going to be the thing that is the matchup to watch because I think Eastern's defense is poor. I think they're not very good. And uh, I think Montana's offense should be much better than it has been. I think Montana's left a lot of things in the playbook. I think that the limited nature of their running game has really dumbed down their entire offense. Dumbed down is the wrong word, but pared down their entire offense. Because the running game is just sort of in flux, they can't run as much play action stuff. They haven't been going over the top very much, but I think that there's so many opportunities for them to get guys in advantageous matchups and just shred them. But we haven't seen Gabe Solser or Sammy Akim like isolated and just, hey, go beat that guy out of the slot and get a first down. We haven't seen that, but, but, but we haven't really had to. So I, I'm wondering about that element of the game so much as well because I do think that you're right. If the Grizz are starting to get diced by screens and slants and barriers shredding them, they're going to have to adjust. Uh, but if not, they might be able to get home and they might be able to put a ton of pressure on Barry. But I think it's the other side of the ball. If Montana can control the ball, that could be the best thing they could possibly do to slow down Eastern's offense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key too. And it's not, I don't, you know, I don't think they have to like, you know, control the ball or like keep it away from Eastern's offense, like that kind of thing. I just think if their offense plays solid, yeah. they win this game. For sure. The offense just has to play solid. They have to not put their defense in bad positions, which. Has what a lot of the, the Grizz offenses when they've gone against Eastern as of late, not the one in in Washington, but all the ones in in uh, in Washington Grizzly Stadium, but the ones in Cheney, all of those games on the red turf, the offense would put the defense in bad spots. As in, like Eastern would score, and then the offense would go three and out, and then all of a sudden the defense is back out there again, and then the pressure is always on the defense to get stops while you're trying to catch up. Like the offense just has to. You know, be able to move the ball consistently, make and then make Eastern's offense just work for everything. Because I think the Grizz defense will be fine. Like oh, yeah. they're going to make plays. Eastern's going to make some plays. But as long as the Montana offense comes out and can execute on third down, and I, I think I, I think they need to be more aggressive on first down. Agreed. I, I think first down has been the the down of why Montana has struggled offensively. Sure, especially. Last week against Cal Poly. Um, and One thing that Cal, worth noting, I was meaning to make this schematic uh, observation earlier this week on the show, but if you if you study Montana's offense and what they do, one of the biggest safety valves that they have for Cam Humphrey, because right now his role as, is as a ball distributor. That's what they want him to be, is just go through your reads, get to the open guy, just go where you need to go with the ball. But one of his biggest safety valves is the running back out of the backfield. Cal Poly was fully shadowing that. They were fully spying that last week. And that's why Cam kept double clutching, not being able to throw to the back. Then he's going back around. Then all of a sudden the pressure's coming, uh, whatever. But but part of that, though, is when they do run pass plays on first down, he didn't have that option. But I totally agree with you. They need to be better on first down. And maybe maybe part of that is just the running backs continue to develop. Maybe they get one of these guys back. I mean, Xavier Harris did have an early carry last uh, week. And, I, I mean, how many carries did he end up with? Uh, I have the statistics right here in front of me. I mean, he, he had a few. He also, you know, was coming back. He also had a couple big ones that came back um, from penalty. They had a couple holding calls on a couple. Nine total carries, 70 total rushes. So maybe that helps Montana a little bit too. Yeah, but I think they need to just um, – they need to, to pass the ball on first down because usually on first down, it's when a defense is kind of in their, their base defense and it's the most easy defense to read is on first down. So I think – Putting Cam in situations where on first down where he can he can throw the ball and get 
you know, get comfortable, get a rhythm against the, the, the base or most vanilla defense he's going to see um, is, is going to be advantageous, especially on first down. And just throwing it on normal passing downs, and then, you know, you can run it on some, you know, predictable passing downs. I just think Montana kind of just ran the ball a lot on first down. It puts you in second and seven, and then you pretty much know you're going to throw in that situation. And then and then you if you have an incomplete pass, then you're staring at third and long. You know, so I, I would like to see Montana take some shots on first down and try not to get to third down. I mean, I feel like this team has had a ton of third downs. Like, they haven't been getting a ton of, of, of first downs on first and second down, you know, and moving the chains before you even get to third down. And so um, not even just taking the deep shots like you said, but haven't been a ton of, like, even just, like, you know, 20, 25-yard, like, out routes or deep, po- like, deep ins and things like that. Like, working the middle of the field, too, getting Cole Grossman involved um, as a, you know, pass-catching tight end. Um, so I'm going to be, like what you said, like, I think they might be holding some back on offense. Yes. That's like the optimistic view, right? Like, you want to say that because. Well, but the thing is, okay, so here's the question, though. So would you agree, first of all, rapid fire, would you agree their offensive line is much better? Yes. They're obviously dinged up at running back, but that hasn't been a premier position. I guess Marcus Knight was a huge deal. So I guess the question is, because with Cam Humphrey at the helm, we've seen this offense score a ton of points. Only a couple times, but like... Not against good... Not against, uh, not against any great teams, though. Well, sure, but like, Portland State's okay. Yeah. They were okay when when Cam Humphrey threw for 330 and, and four touchdowns. I guess we've... Cam Humphrey can throw a deep ball to a streaking receiver. And so I guess if, if Montana really is like that downgraded offensively, is Marcus Knight and Samari Torridis that good? I don't know. I feel like they have all these guys. They're not throwing like they just why don't you just line game Solzer up in the slot throwing the ball? I think I think a healthy Xavier Harris is a is a difference maker on the offense. Because he yes. he just has uh, an extra burst and um some explosiveness at that position that nobody else has. Um, with with a Marcus Knight out, so I think a healthy Xavier Harris is definitely a difference maker. Um, but like I said, I think it's just being I think it's being more aggressive on first down, and you know, getting a little bit deeper into the the playbook. And I think the like I said, the optimistic view is they're holding some of it back. Mm-hmm. The pessimistic view would just be like they just haven't been executing. But we haven't seen a lot of like. You know, we ha- I would like to see more under center runs sure. instead of. I just hate the inside zone over and over again. Yeah. And like, how many times did, did Cam keep it against Cal Poly for like two yards? And he got and busted up one time. Yeah, and like, no, like that's not. You're never going to get more than like three, four yards on that on that play. And I know like you're trying to keep it honest, and then that sets up play action and stuff. But um, I would like to see you know maybe a little bit more. Tight ends involved, play under center a little bit, especially against like an Eastern Washington. And if the offensive line is so much improved, like sometimes just play a little bit more power um, instead of like kind of some of the finesse um, shotgun handoffs and stuff. But um, we'll see. I, I I would like you would hope that their offense gets a little bit more um, dynamic um, this week for sure. Duan is now 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey of SWX Montana joining me here. We're doing this on a Tuesday night from the SWX Montana studio. I'm just going to leave you with this. I don't even want to like prompt it. I just want to say I don't think it's a coincidence that guys like Eric Barker and Joey Elwell and Malik Flowers and Keelan White have been getting all these targets and Sammy Akim and Gabe Sulser and Cole Grossman have not. It's not a coincidence. There's no way they're not trying to get their premier weapons involved. If Cam Humphrey can throw a touchdown to Eric Barker, he can certainly throw a touchdown to Cole Grossman. If he can throw a touchdown to Malik Flowers, he can certainly find Sammy Akim. Well, I think, and Coach Houck also said this, like, on the record, that during the non-conference, like, they were going to play a lot of guys. For sure. And then that is going to... Spare it out. Yeah, that's going to... You're going to start, you know, figuring out exactly who's going to get a lot of the snaps and stuff. Um, that's a great point. You know, and I... Because a game like this, they're going to always want to play as many guys as they can because that's just the style of the program they run. But you're totally right. Like, in a game like this, yeah, there might be no reps for some of the non-first four receivers, right? Yeah, because, like, I mean, we've seen... How many receivers get run? Like, I mean, all of them. Yeah, like, yeah. And so, like, I, where's Ryan Simpson been? He's the one guy that I expected he played, to. He, yeah, he played. He just hasn't gotten any much action, though. Yeah, they went. Uh, Chris Brown threw to him a couple times um, late in the game, um, but like I said, yeah, I just don't. I think it's going to be more, you know, of 
of your your quote unquote starters. You know, I'd also like to you know I think we'll see Malik Flowers too at wide receiver a little bit. Sure. Also, like th- this is something I just thought of. When is the last time you saw Montana run a screen, a running oh, screen? I I don't even know. Jeremy Calhoun, like, like love, freshman year. Like I love a good running back screen. I, I don't think I've seen them run one for so long. Jordan Canada days. Yeah. So Pete Wen days. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. So like things like that, you know. Um, and those those are kind of the plays too that can get Cam going. I feel like he's a. Um, I don't know, I don't know if it's a rhythm quarterback or like a confidence quarterback, sure. but he needs to like. You know, to make a basketball reference, he needs to make a couple layups before yes. he then can hit some threes. That's a, that's one of the biggest parts about Montana's slow start offensively throughout the season, though, too, is these games have been so defensive, but Montana's also scored on special teams multiple times and defense multiple times. So that gives your the defense right back out on the field. You know what I mean? Like, you get a pick six, defense right back out there. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the play count on Saturday was 91 for Cal Poly, 67 for Montana. That's half the reason. That, I mean, you need if you get 20 more plays – that means you get five more guys involved in the offense, too, and Cam gets into a better rhythm. Well, and somebody said, like, oh, yeah, the offense only accounted for, like, 18 or 16 or whatever points it was against Cal Poly. I was like, well, if they don't return the kick and they don't get a pump block for a touchdown, right. the offense might have scored touchdowns on those two possessions. And then you're not saying that the offense only put up whatever or, like, didn't look good, like, because that's just two less, you know, possessions that they didn't even have. But, um, like you mentioned, I think special teams is going to be, you know, huge in this game. Especially it's going to be, you know, 8.30. So it's going to be a little bit chilly at night in Washington. So if if Eastern's not booting that ball deep into the end zone on kickoffs, you know, Montana's going to get chances. And then when is the last time they haven't played anybody where they've gotten a whole lot, a lot of kickoff opportunities because nobody's scoring on them? Totally. So if Eastern scores three, four, or five times, like that's – four or five extra kickoff attempts that they get that they haven't been getting recently. So that's going to be another thing that's like going to, could set them up for a really good field position as well. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Malik Flowers' first kick return of the game was the one he housed yeah. in the second half. They haven't been getting they haven't, they haven't, they no point. kickoffs. Yeah, just either either the first one of the, of the game or at halftime, and that's like the only kickoffs they've had. Unbelievable. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Best there is. Fun hanging out, man. Thanks so much for being with us here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate it. It's going to be a fun game. I hope everybody enjoys it, and hopefully I uh, can catch up on my sleep sometime after that game because that's going to be a late one. The dad struggle is real. It's going to be a late one for everybody, but we will be happy to go check it out. Ton of lead up to the biggest game in the country, Cheney, Washington, Number six, Eastern Washington, hosting number four, Montana. We're going to go on the other side of the Continental Divide, though, for the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. Get the scoop on the Bobcats, their road victory at Portland State last week, and their upcoming home game against Northern Colorado. Keep it right here. Nuana is now. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. College hoops practice opened around Montana and around the NCAA this week, and the Lady Grizz started the upcoming year with a bang. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. New Montana women's basketball coach Brian Holzinger and his staff secured a verbal commitment from Mackendra Koenig, a 5'9 point guard from Mill Creek, Washington, who is listed as the 91st ranked player in the United States. Koenig is a four-star recruit who previously competed for the Austrian U16 national team. The Montana women's soccer team won its fifth consecutive game, all coming by shutout, and finished off a sweep of its 
Big Sky Conference opening road trip with a 1-0 victory over Southern Utah on Sunday afternoon in Cedar City. The Grizz opened the league with a 1-0 victory at Northern Arizona Friday night. Montana's last four wins have been by 1-0 scores, with the goals coming from four different players. Bella O'Brien scored the deciding goal of the most recent Montana win. In Crosstown volleyball action last night, Big Sky took down Hellgate in four sets. The Eagles moved to 2-11 with the win, and Hellgate remains winless at 0-9. And finally, in the latest Treasure State Media football poll, the Sentinel Spartans are nearly the unanimous top team in Class AA. The defending state champions won for the 14th straight time at Helena last week to move to 4-0 this season. Sentinel received 14 of 15 first place votes. Billings West came in second. Ellsville Glacier is number three. Butte number four. And Great Falls CMR is number five. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Welcome back. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Thanks for the sweet jams from my man Andrew in the back, bringing us back on your Wednesday. If you're missing Tommy, it's okay. Tommy's going to swing back from time to time, but we got some stuff moving, shaking, Missoula Broadcasting Company. So uh, Tommy Evans, be a, a little bit more of a contributor on the trail. So 103.3 The Trail, Tommy hosts the new show on Tuesday nights but be a more regular contributor. Uh, we've had some vacations at the trail, so he's been rocking in the afternoons as well, and Tommy's always awesome. We're not, no matter what mic he's on, but happy to have Andrew helping us out as well. And uh, it's good to have a team, man. Good to have a team back in the fold here at ESPN Radio as well as Missoula Broadcasting Company. It's Nuanas now. Broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport is located at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. You can also find them online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. We're about, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes away from doing some fancy football advice and giving you some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So keep those texts coming in. We're getting them. We'll just uh, read them and and help you out in a little while here. Uh, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text that number for any fancy football comments, questions, feedback, whatever you got. Time now for what's becoming one of your favorite segments because it's certainly one of my favorite segments. It's the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. She's a reporter over in Bozeman, Montana, doing a great job covering sports across the southwestern region of Montana. Alex, thanks for taking some time again. I know that you're super busy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Coulter? I mean, it's just we're in the thick of fall sports right now. No question. And that's one thing I've loved about getting back into radio is following all the high school stuff. I think that the high school sports across all the classifications are fascinating and super fun. I know you got one coming up tomorrow night, uh, Billing Senior and Bozeman. So have you thought much about that game? Because that should be a pretty good matchup, a couple of the better teams in the East. Definitely, definitely. It's been an interesting year, Coulter. It's, so I've been here for a little over a year and a half. And last season, as you know, with COVID and all that, we didn't have Montana State sports to cover in the fall so I was so hyper focused on high school sports unfortunately I don't get to put my 100% in there this season I I, I do but I have more things to juggle as you know you do too uh, but it definitely should be a good matchup fans in the stands Van Winkle Stadium is always a fun time and Bozeman definitely going through a little bit of a, a transitional state I guess right now is they continue to sort through the fact that there's another high school in town, um, but it definitely should be a good matchup. And and we're we're approaching October already, Coulter. Totally wild that we're approaching October. You made your first trip out to the city of Roses, which, by the way, one of my favorite cities in the United States of America. Love me some Portland. Uh, but an interesting deal all the way around because Portland State is sort of this anomaly. They don't have a stadium on their campus because they don't really even have a campus. They play a Hillsboro Stadium right. out in the suburbs. It's not ideal, but there is a certain charm to it. And Montana State, they played a pretty good Vikings team, and it was a back-and-forth slugfest until in the fourth quarter. Montana State really just took hold. Isaiah Fonse carries the day in the run game offense and the defense shut Portland State down. But first and foremost, Alex, just your thoughts on your trip to Portland. What did you think of just all of the things that you saw on the West Coast? Yeah, Coulter. Well, the first thing is my dad actually grew up in Salem, Oregon. So my grandparents still live 
in Oregon, and I grew up every summer and fall going back to Oregon um, to not only Salem, but we would do day trips to Portland, and I couldn't agree with you more. It's a beautiful city in many ways, and it was really, really great to just be back there because of that. Um, also, it's always a fun time traveling with the Montana State football team. It's just the, the whole experience of it, from getting on the plane with the team to just seeing how they travel. And it's really a business trip. They take it really seriously. Um, and it was fun, especially because they got the win. And we get back on the bus and the plane. They have Chick-fil-A, and they're singing, and they're happy. <laughs> so that's always fun, too, because it's not fun getting on a football plane after a loss. But also, I thought Hillsborough Stadium, so when we were kind of talking about the atmosphere, obviously it's not really comparable to a Montana State or, of course, a Washington Grizzlies stadium experience. But I thought it was a pretty good atmosphere, not to mention Montana State Bobcat fans travel very well. Over half of the stadium was filled with Bobcat fans. At one point in the game, they were cheering so loud. They are saying, let's go, Bobcats, so loud that that they turned on the music because they're like, okay, we're done with this. Unbelievable. I love it. Well, Bobcat fans do travel awesome. Uh, people from Montana, period, at the college football level definitely travel uh, in droves for sure. Alex Esterman joining us. She's a reporter for SWX Montana Television, working out of Bozeman, covering Montana State and doing a great job there at MSU. What were your impressions of the game? Because at first it looked like Montana State was stifled. It was sort of a stalemate. Bobcat offense looked sluggish. A Defense played okay, but Davis Alexander was kind of having his way. But then it sort of turned, and then Montana State really dominated the last 15 or 20 minutes of that game. So from the sidelines, what was the view like? What did you see? First of all, I have to give a round of applause to Davis Alexander. He's really good. I mean, he's just, he knows how to, he's just a a classic dual-threat quarterback, but he just does such a good job of not only passing it, but being able to, to scramble out of the pocket and find a guy uh, downfield and just just really, really good at everything in regards to being uh, one of the more modern quarterbacks nowadays. Uh, but I would say in the first half, even though the defense wasn't um, amazing by any means, I, I think that the key to this game really was our defense from start to finish. And the fact that you know, it was, we, they were only down by a point, um, you know, going into halftime, as, as you know, 10 to 9 score. Uh, I, I think that special teams defense did a great job all, all around. And then in the second half, I was pleased to see the pass game kind of pick up. And even Lance McCutcheon and Isaiah commented that when you open up the pass game a little bit more and and have that happen, it helps the run game. Both of those things need to be performing well to have their best production uh, in, in both those parts of the offense. So it was nice to see that happen. It'll be interesting to see how it, it goes against Northern Colorado Coulter. Absolutely. I think the one thing that has really emerged for Montana State is we knew the headlining type talent that the Bobcats had coming out of the Jeff Choate era because Jeff Choate is, I wouldn't say first and foremost, but perhaps the thing he is the most elite at besides just coaching the fundamentals of football is recruiting because he's such a charismatic and dynamic guy. He can sell his vision to anybody. I mean, hell, I wanted to play for Jeff Choate when he was the head coach of Montana State because he's so passionate. The talent of the the headlining guys like Troy Anderson and Amandre Williams and Chase Benson, Taylor Tuiasasopo, right. Lewis Kidd, we knew those Isaiah Fonse, we knew those guys were going to be excellent. But the fact that Daniel Hardy has emerged as, as that caliber of player and Ty Okada has emerged as that caliber of player and the transfer safeties Jeffrey Manning and Trey Webb have emerged as that caliber of player, Montana State just has so much talent. And then you add the physical conditioning level, which I think is exceptional. Brent Vegan mentioned that both after the game in his post game as well as oh. earlier this week as well. I think Sean Hare in the Strength coach has done a tremendous job. I think that's where you saw Montana State turn the corner. It wasn't necessarily a schematic adjustment or anything like that. I think the Bobcats, they just outwilled Portland State, and they were just in better shape. And when you talk about this Northern Colorado game, I think that Montana State, they're going to have a whole bunch of firsts. I think that's going to keep them motivated because it's the first conference game, the first conference road trip. Now it's the first conference home right. game. They already had their first game period, which was sort of a homecoming for Brent Vegan. So I think that all of those firsts are going to help them avoid a 
letdown. But I also think Northern Colorado is a fascinating team because they have not had any sort of winning tradition or success since they joined the Big Sky Conference in 2006. That said, they have a dynamic coach that's getting a lot of attention in Ed McCaffrey, and they also have right. a five-star quarterback in Dylan McCaffrey, Ed's son. So I think that the number one thing Montana State has to avoid is not having a letdown. I know you were around some players this week. What's the vibe amongst the team right now, Alex? I think the vibe is great, Coulter. I really do. I think it really hasn't changed from the first game. I think you made a really good point about the fact that having a lot of first-time experiences with this program is going to give them more confidence as they go along. And I don't think that just goes for the players. I also think that goes for the coaching staff and for for uh, Brent Vegan. When he came to us, to the media, after the Portland State win, he commented on that he said you know whether this was the first conference win the first road win for us as a program the fact that we were able to stick it out go into halftime defense wasn't blaming the offense for not being as productive as the defense was being in that first half they all just stuck together that speaks so much to this program and I think that this is a very selfless team and there and I don't want this to sound bad, but I don't. There's not a lot of hype around one individual player necessarily. They're so focused when they come into every single press conference at the beginning of the week. All they say every single time they say, you know what? We're just focused on us. We're focused on what we need to do as a team, how we can pr- improve every single week. And we believe that if we do the things that we need to Im- improve every week and do that, we're gonna be successful down the stretch within the season so to answer your question there yeah that that was a long a long version of the question i or an answer to your question i apologize but um i i think it'll i think that will just continue to to follow through within the season i the, the hype's been very focused very disciplined through these four games so far and Culture, it's funny. It's family weekend coming up, and I, I think it's ironic that we have three McCaffreys on Northern Colorado's team. We have a, it's going to be family weekend for them too. It is every weekend. No question. And it's fascinating to me, too, that the primary motivation behind hiring Ed McCaffrey in Northern Colorado was to garner exposure, to make the program relevant, to to have a star leading the way. And a lot of times a coach Mm -hmm. in that situation would shy away from the fame, the spotlight, or making it about the family. But Ed, I interviewed him earlier this week, and and we'll hear that here later on in this show. And he was he's like, yeah, man, these are my kids. I love coaching my kids when I retired from football. That's all I wanted to do was coach my sons. And now it happens to be that my (laughs) sons are in college, and I have the opportunity to keep coaching them. So that's just what I want to do. So it seems like he's a phenomenal dad, first and foremost. And uh, I think that love will definitely translate on the field eventually. I just don't know if it's this weekend uh, for Montana State against Northern Colorado. She's Alex Eshelman. She joins us once a week here on the Montana State Minute on Nuanas Now. And Alex, we could talk forever, but we're running out of time today. But best of luck with everything this weekend. <laughs> and uh, one last thing for you. Anything particularly you're working on leading up to this game or anything you're looking forward to? Where can people sort of consume your content or anything that you want to share with people uh, for all your great works there at SWX Montana? Oh, Coulter. Well, thank you so much. Again, it's always a privilege to be on your show. You, Anybody who would like to see what I post regarding, you know, not only my professional life, but also my my family, my friends, whatever, you can follow me at Alex Eshelman uh, on all social media platforms, my first and last name. But Coulter, like I said last week, it's kind of the same going into this week. We've got state double-A uh, golf tournament here this uh, this Thursday and Friday. We've got Billing Senior and Bozeman football tomorrow. Great Falls in Belgrade. It's going to be senior night for the Panthers on Friday. And then we have another conference matchup, Montana State, Northern Colorado. And I'll be doing sideline for that game with the SWX crew, which I'm so thankful to be doing this season. It's been such a fun experience. So be sure to tune into our channels for uh, the game as well. You're the best. Thanks so much. We'll catch up with you next week. Awesome, Coulter. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Alex Eshelman, Montana State Minute. Keep those fancy football questions coming. We got wings for you. Swing of Wednesday, Desperado, 406-888-1029. Fancy football advice and commentary, plus some free hot wings for you. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. 
After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual, but it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Montana. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Closing in on the end of hour number one here. Hour number two is going to be coming at you with Ed McCaffrey, former NFL wide receiver, most prominently for the Denver Broncos. He's part of our ESPN roundtable. We're also going to hear from Levi Janicaro, one of Missoula's favorite sons, a Missoula Big Sky product who blocked a punt and scored a touchdown last week in Montana's 39-7 homecoming victory over Cal Poly. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can find all of that on the podcast. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, as well as Alex Eshelman, also of SWX, joined us. Sean and I talked about Grizz Eastern Washington. Alex and I talked about all things Montana State as part of our Montana State Minute. Our podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Time now for a Winging Wednesday. Thanks for all the text. This is awesome. Appreciate uh, everybody engaging with us. And if you want to get involved, you have a couple more minutes here. 406-888-1029. You have fancy football questions or comments or whatever. We'll get to them. That will get you entered. And then we'll pick a winner in the second hour. And you get a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We got some fancy questions, but we also have some Grizz questions. So we'll start with the fancy questions. And maybe we'll circle back around to the Grizz questions in hour number two. Number one, Cooper Cup, my guy. Former Eastern Washington wide receiver. Is Cooper Cup's successful start sustainable, or should I trade him while his value is high? Cooper Cup is the best natural option route runner in the National Football League, not hyperbole. When he lines up in the slot and he runs an option route and he has the choice to run his defender off and get into open space, he's the single best guy in the National Football League at doing that. The fact that he has a quarterback with elite talent and a play caller, the quarterback, by the way, Matt Stafford, and the play caller, Sean McVay, who want to give him the ball, not a coincidence. Cup was five yards away from becoming the first receiver since Randy Moss and the third receiver in National Football League history to start his season with at least six catches, at least 100 yards, and at least two touchdowns in each of his first three games. Michael Irvin, Randy Moss, the only two guys that ever did that. So pretty impressive for Cooper Cup. I think, barring injury, I think that he is a go-to guy. I got him in all my leagues. I think he's absolutely a wide receiver two, if not even a wide receiver one if he stays hot. And uh, so, no, I would not trade Cooper Cup, but great question. Number two, drafted Saquon Barkley, another one of my guys. Penn State, baby. With his, uh, with my second-round pick, I regretted it immediately. Should I put him on the trade block or let him try and regain his footing? Also, how about that Vikings OT loss in week one? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Um, I think that Saquon is such a tough one, man, because the Giants aren't very good. And if they keep being bad, they might be really bad because they might want to get a better uh, draft pick. Saquon's also coming off an injury. He also had the flash in the NFL, but then since the injury, I don't know, where are we at with Saquon Barkley? He's immensely talented, but at some point the rubbers have got to meet the road. And uh, I know he's in a bad situation just because the Giants just aren't good, but he's also such a talented guy. And sometimes... Really talented players on really bad teams can actually be the ones that are the most productive. So I would lean, I wouldn't say go for it, but I would lean on keeping Saquon. If it doesn't get any better, maybe start to explore. You know, if you could get 
equal value at one of the other positions. Like, if you could go get yourself one of the premier tight ends in the league, I don't know, though. You'd have to get some other guys, too, because Saquon, he still is a premier back, even though he has struggled a little bit. So I would lean on keeping Saquon right now, but maybe readdress it. Keep listening to Nuanas now, and maybe we'll go over this in a month from now and see where we're at. Wing Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, giving fancy football advice and commentary, and also giving you an opportunity to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. All right, now, the third question. Sterling Shepard or Antonio Brown? Man, that's a tough one, too. I do think that Tom Brady's going to let it all hang out. He's got an opportunity to tra- pass Drew Brees as the all-time leader in passing yards in NFL history, a uh, reuniting of the, the team he got divorced from in the New England Patriots. And uh, it's going to be the game with all the spotlight on it throughout the NFL. That said, Tom Brady loves those sorts of moments. And I think Antonio Brown's got his head right, at least for this moment in time. I like Antonio Brown a lot. I'm not trusting Danny Dimes in any form or fashion. Therefore, I'm not trusting Sterling Shepard. I'm playing Antonio Brown. Great stuff. We got a bunch of Grizz questions coming in as well, and uh, we'll get to those here in hour number two. But hour one of the books, Ed McCaffrey, former Denver Bronco, current Northern Colorado head coach, joining us next on the ESPN Roundtable and our Grizz Star of the Week coming up as well, Levi Janicaro, Missoula Big Sky product, and a standout linebacker for Montana. He'll join us as well in hour number two. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 